I go Where the fire serve cold But the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow The bulls keep it running, the socks run the south The cubs run the north, but the bears run the house Two Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street Any team make a move and they never skip a beat And in this house, this is where we be Welcome to the show with E-Rock and Big Z Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. Episode 82 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirts. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That's TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. As always, I am, <laughs> as always I am Big Z and I'm here with my boy E-Rock. What up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you are a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. Listen, you can find us on Facebook at True Chicago Fans. You can follow us on Twitter at True Shy Fans, True CHI Fans, and you can also follow us on IG at True Chicago Sports Fans. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at Anchor dot fm slash true chicago sports fans go on over there and click on support and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month look do you like the show are you a fan well tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends z what's up brother how are you doing how was your week doing fantastic brother uh getting i want the snow to go away but it looks like some, some more snow is coming this coming week ah <sighs> I want it all gone, man. Either way, I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it either. Either way, it's been a great week. The TCF, uh, TCF, TCSF uh, uh, crew sponsored a bowling team at the Knights of Columbus annual bowling tournament fun- and fundraiser this past weekend. While we didn't win, we did have a great time. We did come up a little short, um, uh, but next year, next year for sure, we're gonna go. And we're gonna take that uh, that tournament and go downstate to Peoria, and compete with the big boys. But um, it was a uh, a great cause. Uh, we were raising funds for a fallen uh, firefighter to uh, make a monument for him. That's gonna be uh, placed uh, right by Ashland and the uh, river. Yeah, man, it, that sounds like a like a fantastic cause. We talked about it a little bit before. Uh, it's always uh, it's never a good thing to come up a little bit short. Your word, mine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, look, uh, you know, I, I'm sorry I wasn't able to attend that, but it looks like you and the boys had a good time. And, uh, you know, it, anything we can do for a, for a good cause and for charity and things like that, we, we're all in. Um, yeah, man, I mean, that, that it looked like you guys had a, a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you know, we had your favorite refreshments on, on tap right there, and we had multiple buckets. Um, uh-huh. And, you know, you know, throwing some balls down the lane and having, you know, some, some good times, just talking smack to each other. We had a little mishap. One of my guys from high school, Louie, uh, his ball actually cracked in half. And he didn't know until he opened his bowling ball when he got to the alley. Yeah, that sucks, man. Look, I, I've known Louis since, what, sixth grade, fifth grade? So yeah. so uh, that, that sucks that his ball got cracked in half. Uh, maybe you got to stay out of the elements there. Uh, you know, you might want to worry about shrinkage and shit. 
Insert Seinfeld here. Well, I just got back from swimming in the pool. And the water was cold. Uh, you mean shrinkage? Yes. Significant shrinkage. So you, you feel you were shortchanged? Yeah. It shrinks? Oh, yeah. As for my regular, my regular season, I think I pissed off the bowling gods last week when I talked about how great I've been doing. And I bowled very crappy, very low scores uh, this past uh, Tuesday. I don't know. Maybe I wasn't feeling it. Maybe maybe the gods uh, turned their back on me. I have no idea what happened. But either way, we still won our, our series. But I bowled like crap. I just want to put that out there because I don't only highlight when I do well. Um. It's been a, a, a boring week when it comes to, to my regular job, which is teaching. We've been remote all week. And get, let me tell you right now, as a PE teacher, it is, well, I don't know why that's still sounding out there when everything's on Do Not Disturb. Uh, it is a boring, boring week when you have to do remote teaching as a PE, PE teacher. It is the most boring thing because you have your Zoom screen and then obviously I got the studio up here so I can see all my kids and all that. And I'm just sitting here watching them work out because I don't have the space to move around in my own in my own um, lab here. So it really, really sucks to make them work out and me not be able to work out. So it, it, I'm glad to go back into the office on Monday um, and hopefully we have a good week. And I don't know what's going to happen with this snow. They might have a snow day. I don't know. You're supposed to get like 14 inches or something like that. Usually you pay double for that kind of action, Cotton. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I beat you to it. I beat you to it. I hey, got. <laughs> hey, that that makes up for that makes up for coming up short during bowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah, sixth grade humor all day long, ladies and gentlemen. But let me tell you this: I got four more months, and then I'm free. So there I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, February, as uh, January was the trial month for 2022. That's what's up. Hey. I, Look, man, I get it. I, I, I do not like working remote. I've only done it a few times when I absolutely had to. And, and it's even as just, a, you know, I work in the office now. And even then, like, that's no, I can't do it. Because because I mean, like, what do I what I do? I'm always moving around and stuff like that, interacting with people and just sitting there, like staring at the computer and everything electronic. It, it'll drive you nuts. Like, you know, and, and we've been super busy at work, you know, working on some uh you know, we got the new rush game that came out. So everyone's enjoying that and, you know, new codes and everything like that. We have the the system where you can do insider connected now where you can scan uh, off of your phone to get your stats and achievements and all that stuff. Kind of like oh, Xbox. So that's it's what just that been, was. It, yeah. I mean, I, I, I couldn't understand what cool. that was. All right, cool. That's really cool. Yes. I mean, like, yeah. So there, there's like a QR scanner now new game with it. And basically uh, sign up, you scan your uh, QR code and basically all of your achievements and all of your high scores get stored on your uh, on your phone. And, and soon enough, there'll be like global tournaments and things like that. So it's cool. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it's been crazy busy at work. Uh, you know, I got some home projects going on over here, you know, getting ready for the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks. Now that we finished up these, uh, these, these championship games and we got the Rams versus the Bengals. And that's going to be interesting because you got the Rams. Uh, they, they, I think they were the first team ever to host the chance to go to the Super Bowl in the same stadium that there's actually going to be a Super Bowl. So they get to play at home, uh, getting ready to, you know, 
fire up that chili. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, uh, I've been scouting a couple of new shows to add to the 606 media lineup, talking to uh, a few people. So we'll see what we got coming up on the books. And uh, hey, the big news of the week for me and my family is my kiddo made the basketball team at school, man. Yeah, congrats to her. Well, what position is she uh, is she going to be slotted into? Uh, yes, she's going to be playing basketball. That's what they're going to be playing because <laughs> she never played basketball before. And uh, but but she she's never really played basketball, so she needs to work on fundamentals, things like that. Um, but I mean, like the thing is with her is she's such a tenacious defender. When we go and, and just shoot outside, uh, the neighbors got a little hoop in the back, and uh, and she doesn't realize it. She she doesn't realize like how smothering her defense is. One well, at one point, like she made the the kid next door. She's like he's like I'm not playing anymore. I'm not playing with you. And the thing is is that she said during the tryouts, she just kept blocking everyone's shots. I'm like okay, all right here. That that's why that's why you have the the. Uh, the tree legs legs go all the way up to the sky so that's that's what they're there for but yeah i mean you know i i love it i love playing basketball i mean don't let the fact that i look like a linebacker fool you basketball is my favorite i used to play every day across the street at wicker park so i'm super excited for her to see her getting into it you know i'm trying to get her to watch bulls games to understand some of the positioning and stuff like that so and you know, look, I, I, she's gonna be like that—that that AC, that Alex Caruso, where she's just pissing everyone off, blocking shots and getting steals, and just all up in their face on defense. They're gonna be like, "Why is this kid up on top of me?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's gonna piss you off." So, look, she she got that. She got her braces this week. So, I mean, look, it's a big week over in our house. Uh, definitely, those are monumental uh, achievements. One getting braces. I, I I didn't have braces, and I got a couple crooked teeth, but it's whatever. Um, you know, we grow poor. Um, but her to be on the basketball team, congrats to her. I know she uh she's she's tenacious. I like you said, that's a great word to describe her because um she takes everything to heart. Like she wants to she wants to do everything perfectly. And when she doesn't when, when she isn't able to do it, it, it really bothers her. She's a, a type A personality, so she likes to be perfect. So yep. congrats to her. Um yes. And then the other thing, I think I, I picture you playing basketball like Spice Adams and <laughs> look them up, people on Instagram or YouTube, whatever. Look up Spice Adams and with the short shorts and the gla- and the horse grant uh, horse grant goggles. That's what I see you wearing, yeah. brother. Bro, I, I tell you what, my, my whole thing is that when when they were coming inside, I would literally just stand, jump straight up, arms in the air, and just let them. Because you know, you know, this is not like 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 this is street ball. This is not like on the court. So like, yeah. it's all elbows and and you know, you know, uh, uh, bruises and shit like that. So and you know, you got to call your own foul, and they will call you out if it's a bullshit foul. So you know, you got to get in there, do your thing. But I was a I was a halfway decent shooter, and and I love shooting basketball. So like I said, that that's my and that's just where we grew up. That's how you know that that's the cheapest sport you can play. You got a basketball and a hoop or a side of a wall or a milk crate you know what i mean like hey right. if i hit that brick between that brick, brick and that brick that counts as two <laughs> Jesus. That's, that's, how, that's how we did it back in the day you know i mean that's that's what it is but look it's a new year and maybe some of you out there need a fresh start so let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at acsi with over 50 expert technicians in the chicagoland area acsi offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring whether residential cable installation fiber to the home or commercial structured cable wiring acsi is a proud partner of both comcast and rcn Fans, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. The ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded Hasia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. 
The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. ACSI is now hiring for field sales, technicians, and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech. That's ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. ACSI is an equal opportunity employer. Go get you a job. This week in the loop, DeMar DeRozan is an all-star starter for the East. We talk about his resurgence since coming over to the Bulls. And this week in the bottom line, our topic of the week, next man up. We talk about big changes at Hellas Hall with the new Bears GM and head coach. All that plus stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is the Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now for today's stories. Story number one. Saints head coach Sean Payne announces that he is stepping away from coaching. This is huge. Per Ian Rappaport, Sean Payne has informed the Saints that he's stepping away. Other reports said that the 58-year-old is looking for more of a break. Fox Sports' Jay Glazer reported that this may be a more of a break for Payne as opposed to a full-blown retirement, saying that he first discussed the possibility with the Saints, with the Saints owner Gail Benson earlier this month. Jeff Howe of the Athletic echoed the report, citing that a source saying Payton needs time away to recharge and can return to the sidelines in the near future. Sean Payton, uh, Sean, should Payton decide to coach again, it would cost an interested team with Payton being under contract with the Saints through 2024. Any potential hiring would mean that the team would have to compensate New Orleans for the services in the future. But a stay in a broadcast booth, booth could come first. According to the front office sports, Mike McCarthy of Fox has already targeted Payton to replace Troy Aikman in the broadcast booth should Aikman make the move to Amazon for the 2022 season. Dennis Allen is the current clubhouse leader to be the next Saints head coach per reports. Over 15 years in New Orleans, Peyton led teams are 152 and 89 with a 9 and 8 record in the playoffs. The Saints have made the playoffs in nine seasons under uh, under Champagne with a win in Super Bowl 44. They won seven NFC South titles as well. This will be a huge loss for the men. Yeah, I mean, like Sean Payton, uh, if, if those of you don't know, he was actually on the Spare Bears when there was the strike back in the uh, 80s. He was the quarterback that took over. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, Sean Payton, We I think a lot of uh, Bears fans were actually clamoring for him to become the next Bears head coach. Uh, once I, I, there had to have been rumblings out there that he was uh, possibly retiring or leaving the team. So once the, uh, the Bears head coaching vacancy came available, the two names that you heard more than anything else were Sean Payton and Mike Tomlin. And I'm like trying to tell people i'm like these are two coaches that are on other teams you can't just pick them up so we saw a bunch of these trade scenarios where they put it into the machine and try to make it work and i'm like this is not a very common thing to happen it's not like it's every day that a, that a coach gets traded from one team to the other i think it happened with uh john gruden uh, i believe at one point because he was deciding to leave one theme for the other so Hey, congrats to Sean Payton. It sounds like he's already got another gig lined up, you know, and with Amazon trying to get their their broadcasting going with the NFL, it'll be interesting what happens to Troy Aikman because he's been in that Fox booth for so long yeah. uh, with everyone's favorite Joe Buck. And uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And I'm wondering if 
maybe Sean Payton just wants a break. Maybe he will return to coaching, but uh, it's, you know, it doesn't surprise me considering the fact that Drew Brees retired last year that he wasn't far behind him. Yeah, and it's funny because Drew Brees went to the broadcast booth and I'm um, not the broadcast booth, but he's in the uh, analyst booth now. So, I mean, why yeah. not? Why not? I mean, the guy knows football. I mean, I think he can be entertaining and uh, it'd be a good break from from uh, doing the X's and O's on on a weekly basis. And I mean, weekly, like every day, rather than just showing up on a Sunday afternoon to do that. And, you know, the thing is that he's such a smart football guy that, you know, despite the fact that Jameis Winston had a decent, uh, well, decent in the sense that it was a really weird season when he had, he was part of the only member of the 50-50 club with the 50 uh, touchdowns and the 50 interceptions the season before when he was in Tampa. And then he went over to uh, New Orleans and actually showed out pretty good. So if you can make Jameis Winston look good, I mean, hey, props to you. But like I said, you know, with, with Drew Brees retiring, this is not a surprise at all. Not at all. All right, story number two, fake. Story number two, fake vax cards at Bills games leads to to a couple's arrest. A Western New York couple has been charged with a felony for allegedly using falsified vaccination cards at the Buffalo Bills playoff game against the New England Patriots earlier this month. Erie County District Attorney John Flint said that Wednesday. Michael Nab, 34, and Amber Nab, of uh, 37, of West Seneca, made a court appearance for an arraignment Tuesday night. The charge against them was criminal possession of forged instrument in the second degree, carries a maximum penalty of seven years in prison. This is wild. First of all, it's wild. First of all, we love Bill's Mafia because they donate to great charities, so we love them. But if you're making fake vax cards, you're a fucking idiot look man i i mean i i think we all know by now that we're at that point where most public stadiums most public arenas and forums are going to want you to have your vaccination card whether you want to get vaccinated or not hey guess what it's required of these places the united center is one of them now you can no longer just have a negative test so the fact that they are required to have a, a, a card there and I know it, it doesn't seem like it's that serious, but at some point, you know that it, this is very similar to like when people are downloading music and it's like one song off of Napster and they got like some 17 year old kid and they charge him with all these fines and shit like that. They're just making an example out of someone. So at some point, you know, these fake cards got to go now. The mandate is still kind of weird that that whole thing where you have to do it in, in order to work here or do this. But guess what? This is just the rules of the game. You have to have your ID. You have to have your vaccination card just the same way you need an ID that says you're over 21 when you go to the bar. That's the requirement of the, sta the establishment that you're trying to to go into and you're trying to attend an event there. So if that's the rules, that's what you got to do. If you don't follow the rules and you try to find your way to skirt around it, it's the same thing. Like I said, I used to be a bouncer back in the day. I used to take away these these kids that have fake IDs. They come back, give me a hundred bucks, you can get your ID back. You know that's how it works. Yeah, but yeah. you know you're not getting these fake cards back. <laughs> no, it's, it's funny enough because I was I was eating at a restaurant today, and um, you have to show your vaccination card and your ID to make sure it matches. So I sat down and whatever, and about I'm I'm almost done with my meal, and this 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 family comes in, family of seven of them, and um, they're in the middle of the restaurant, and the lady says, "Well, I need to see your your IDs and your vaccination card." And the elder woman, uh, I don't, I don't, maybe she's a grandma, I don't know. I don't want to judge, but whatever. She's like, well, we've been out all day and uh, we forgot ours. And the mother of like the four kids that was there, she's like, um, yeah, I, I don't have anything with me. 
I'm oh, sorry. Well. Oh well. So the lady's like, well, I'm sorry, but you can't dine here because you have to, by law, by city ordinance, and what we have to follow is this. If not, we get shut down. We get a fine, and we can get shut down. And she's bitching at the waitress. And I just turn around, I'm like, if you don't like it, go somewhere else that's going to allow you to do that. And guess what? In the city of Chicago, you can't go anywhere without showing your vaccination card and your ID. So get with the hey, times. Better, better go hit that Arby's drive through Ooh, what, hey, Arby's. Go, go get the meats. There is no Arby's in Chicago at all. Not, is it? No, it might be. It might be somewhere. I don't know. I don't know if it's still Arby's. Anyway, but but hey, but guess what? You don't need a Vax card for the drive through That's what I'm saying. <sighs> and now for the feel-good story of the week. Jamaica to compete in the four-man bobsled at the Olympics for the first time in 20 years. Some people say, you know, them can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. We have yes. this one there is. I know one junior. You, Sanka. The fastest of the fastest of Jamaican sprinters. Go to Olympics, fight for Jamaica. Nearly 30 years after Cool Runnings became a feel-good movie, a uh, hit movie, it's time for a reboot. The Jamaican four-man bobsled team in is back in the Winter Olympics for the first time in decades after it qualified for a spot in next month's comp uh, competition in Beijing. It is the first time the four-man Jamaican team has earned a berth in the Winter Olympics since the 1998 Games in Nagano, Japan. Hopefully I got that right. Its famous origin story in its journey from the small island nation to the first Winter Olympics in Calgary, Alberta in 1988 was a subject of a 1993 movie, Cool Runnings. E, you being Jamaican, this is this is right up your alley, brother. Yo, um, uh, look, my, my, my pops from Jamaica, I live in one of the coldest fucking places on the planet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is right. You want to talk about right up my alley, like right, right down the, right down the alley. This is so dope. It gives me a reason to watch the, uh, the winter Olympics. Now to be fair, I'm watching it anyway. Cause I'm a sucker for the Olympics. I don't know why it's just kind of a cool thing to me, but I mean, that's what's up Jamaica. Hey, guess what? Sanka, you're dead. Yeah, man, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I wa I've probably watched Cool Runnings about 157 <laughs> times, and this week is going to be 158 because I'm I'm super geeked to see Jamaica back in the games. Oh man, it's always a feel good story to see Jamaica do it. It, it, it. First of all, that's a feel good story. But I'm saying, if you have like the opposites doing something like like Jamaica being in, in the Winter Olympics, that's just a complete opposite. That those kind of things is like, all right. Well, I don't know how that came about, but it works. Fuck it. Why it's, not? It's, it's like someone from Iceland, like uh, competing in the uh, the hurdle event or something like that. <laughs> like uh, you, uh, the, uh, yours is in a couple of years. You're in the wrong spot. No, it's somebody like from, from Finland in the fucking tortilla making contest. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, cool. Let's see how you do. Right. Hey, yo, if you. How come you never told me about the tortilla Olympics? <laughs> <laughs> it's a special club, and you need a vaccination card. <laughs> Indeed, an invitation with a special code, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got to bring your Vax card and your own masa. <laughs> yep, you do. And your own, your, the, the little handle thing to make the fucking tortillas. Yeah. The press. The yep. press, yeah. Yeah, you know those are homemade, too, so. Right. <laughs> 
Hey, you can. Hey, guess what? You can you can get the uh, tortillas from the from the the tortilla Olympics for your taco that you ate last week with the flour ones. Hey, man, dude, I got. I, I seriously, bro, I had like eight people reach out to me and say, "Where can I get these? They're fire. That looks fire." And they say, "Send me a picture because it sounded so good." <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. Hmm. Maybe for Super Bowl Sunday. Maybe you can't come over anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be TikTok famous. <laughs> uh, I'm Big Z, and that's news to me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yes, sir. (laughs) This is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Z, what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison with the Chicago Blackhawks? Uh, but hey, as they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. The Chicago Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves is out indefinitely because of a concussion. The 33-year-old Taves got hurt during Wednesday's nights, last past Wednesday night, 8-5 win at Detroit. That's a high-scoring game for a hockey game. Wow. Uh, but he played through the game, and the center reported symptoms uh, to the team's medical staff on Thursday. We're going to miss him, but we're making sure that we're doing the right thing by this. Interim coach Derek King said, there's no time frame. It's it's when he's feeling right. You can't mess around with this type of stuff. So we'll just go day by day and see how he's feeling. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I seen I saw this hit, and uh, you know, I'm not I'm not sitting here watching all these Blackhawks games, but I did see this hit, and uh, yeah, he hit he hit the glass pretty hard. I mean, you know, the fact that they were playing the Red Wings is probably the reason why he stayed in there to keep kicking their ass. But yeah, I mean, like this is uh. This is the thing. I didn't even realize Taves is, is 33. I thought he was more like 43 because it feels like he's been in the league since 1976. It's wild. I, you know, him and and, uh, and Kane are just the fact that they've been in the league for so long and they're only in their early 30s is wild. Uh, 
Yeah, we've had them since they were teenagers. So that's 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 how it makes a big difference. Uh, Teams has four goals and 15 assists in 43 games after he missed all of last season with what he described a chronic immune response syndrome. He also has a 58.6 faceoff win percentage. He's obviously our leader. He drives the bus for our team. Forward Sam Lafferty said before Friday night's game against Colorado. So we're definitely going to miss him tonight. And I think just collectively, everyone's going to pull a little bit more. You know what? He's not having a great season. I don't. I, I think it's it's. Let's see what we have on the roster, and let's see what we can do and what moves we need to make going forward. Because Taves and Kane are at the end of the rope, man. I mean, yes and no, but I mean, because you got to realize though, you, these are these are two guys that are missing a lot of their defensive players that they've had since the, like the, the beginning of their career. You know what I mean? You got you got Seabrook gone, um, you got Duncan Keith gone. I mean, like even Corey Crawford gone. So I mean, like a lot of their teammates that they played a lot of games with are no longer with the team. So now they got to find a way to play and gel, and not they're not just the young guys anymore. You know, so I mean, they have to learn and they have to do well being the the leadership, the leaders on the team. Now the thing is with Tabes is that regardless. Of whether he is is uh, injured or not, I mean, he is the leader of that team. And if he can't be out there on the ice with the rest of these younger guys, you know, uh, that that's going to be detrimental to them because you always want a guy like there. Now, now, yes, he can talk to them from from the uh, from the box and everything like that. But I mean, like you always want someone like that on your team as a player coach. Eddie Ochik's son Nick, who's been on the radio color analyst fill-ins for Troy Murray this season, made his television debut. The night, uh, that night, and anybody watching and listening could notice the resemblance to his dad. The circumstances that led to the point, however, were less than ideal when it made uh, and it made for a whirlwind of a debut. Before the game, Eddie was going through his normal preparation, but wasn't feeling very well. It eventually reached to a point where he had to be evaluated by the doctors, which included Minnesota's Sheldon Burns, who had known Eddie since he was a teenager, when the two of them were part of Team USA just minutes before the broadcast was set to kick off. I've just been fighting a lot of medical issues over the last handful of weeks, Eddie told NBC Sports Chicago. And I got a pretty good scare on Saturday where everything kind of just came together, unfortunately. Nick was aware his dad wasn't feeling 100%, but didn't realize that the magnitude of the situation until minutes before puck drop. He was live on the radio recording a segment with WGN's Joe Brand, on the pregame show when he noticed Foley walk into the room and converse with the radio play-by-play announcer John Weidman. So they came in, they talked to him in the booth, and they said, hey, you know what? Your dad isn't feeling well. We need you to go do television. So, I mean, I get it. I, I get it. Like, you got to do your job and you, you're working for a company and you know what? Say what? They need you here. They need you there. But it's your dad that doesn't feel well. I, I, I don't yeah, know how I mean, you can react to saying, yeah, I'm going to do the game rather than checking out your dad. I mean, I, I look at it this way because Eddie O, in, you know, he is so entrenched in hockey and in the Blackhawks organization that I promise you that if his son came to him and says, dad, you know, this and that, and, and his, his dad would have been like, hey, whatever happens to me, the show must go on, get out there and do their thing. And I'm proud of you, kid. And I'm pr- I promise you that's what he did because he's, he's had his kids involved with hockey and broadcasting for uh, for a while now um and and look it's an opportunity for the kid but it is scary eddie o had cancer a couple years ago he had like a a form of colon cancer that he was able to battle and come back from so i hope that this isn't any of that flaring back up i hope that you know he he's healthy and he's around for a long time because i mean he's an iconic voice for chicago hockey yeah 
repeated recovery for Eddie Ocek and hey, for his son, a uh, way to step up and uh, keep keep doing what you're doing because you sounded really good. All right, next up for the Blackhawks are the Minnesota Wild, the Edmonton Oilers, and the St. Louis Blues. Look at that, three for three. <laughs> Let's do that hockey, bro. So if you're still watching <laughs> hockey, those are your three oh, teams man. you're watching. Dude, I swear to God, I saw like the the team names, and I was like, "All right, let's see if you know the cities." Because I said, when he came into the wild, you're like, "Uh, those guys." Yep, that's one. The ones over there. No, Minnesota, Edmonton, and St. Louis, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna take a drink too. Hey, hey, at least it's one of y'all watching hockey. Well, someone has to, right? <laughs> All right, man. What's going on on the other side of the building with the Chicago Bulls? Hey, man, the Chicago Bulls took care of business against the trailblazers after taking what i would consider a bad loss in san antonio this past weekend so let's talk about that l real quick i'll make it brief there was no defensive urgency in the fourth quarter i was watching the sport uh the spurs feed because i'm able to watch that i'm not gonna say how um but i was watching the spurs feed for the game so um their their announcers were questioning donovan for not putting more pressure in the last five minutes of the game and guess what i gotta agree the the bulls were way too more relaxed uh and uh they were nowhere to be found on a defensive end i know we're shorthanded but we've got to win game after game because we have a touch a tough stretch coming up uh in the next couple of weeks now for the game against the blazers it was a team effort that landed them with 73 points in the first half well, I, I don't get to talk about the game. What's up? Oh, you want to stop I don't that? Get, I don't get to talk about huh? You want to talk about the Spurs game? The San Antonio game. All right. right? You're like, uh, San Antonio, this is what they did. Nah, now it's my turn to keep. No. Hey, listen, uh, you, you're not wrong. This is a this is a chronic problem with the Chicago Bulls is that they will get up to these big-ass leads, and they're like, oh, I'm cool. And they go into cruise control, and they forget to keep playing. I mean, you know, we, we talk about them being shorthanded with, with the injuries that they've had. Um, and, and, you know, you, you look at everything that's gone on with them this year when they went through COVID, everything with that happened with ac um you know like all of these 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 losses people coming in and out they just got javante green bag uh shout out the baby um you know and and you know he's out there and he definitely provides that spark plug but again i'm telling you right now with games like that that's when you see them miss ac more than anything else because he's the guy that rattles the other team when you see that other team get on that run he's the one that gets up there and gets in there in their craw and get makes them uncomfortable so you're already feeling the effect like i said he only came back for like two games uh to uh, ac only came back for like two games before he got hurt again with that dirty ass play a couple weeks ago and you know we're we're seeing those effects immediately i'm i'm i've, I've been saying it before uh, uh, injuries are going to take this team down because every person on that bench has a role has a specific thing that they do and when you start to get those injuries kind of pile up piling up on you a little bit that's when you everyone has to shift and and the problem is is that when you're kind of specialized especially coming off the bench you're gonna hurt in the starting lineup definitely and we've seen that right now with uh, with io having inconsistent games there's games where he'll score 20 points and then right now when he uh against the trailblazers he had seven points even though you know he was the main distributor with i think he had a 10 or 11 assists he did fine but i'm saying we need him to be a scorer as well Kobe White has taken his role and, and ran with it. I think the kid has confidence that he had at the end of last season, and it, it's showing up now because now he's like, I don't have to be the main ball handler. My job is to spot up and shoot. Cut through these screens, get to a spot, and shoot, and be aggressive. And that's his game. That's his game. 
Io is a complete player, so they're asking him to do a lot. He's a defensive, great defensive player, and now they're asking him to be the main offensive ball handler. It's, uh, uh, when you know when Levine's not on the court, or even when he, Levine's on the court, actually, I've seen him be the ball handler. So you'll see him have the 10, 11 assists, but it, it does take an effect on his scoring. And we still need his 15 points, his 20 points a game with uh, Lonzo Ball out because that's what he, Lonzo Ball would average, about four, or four, about 10 to 12, four, 15 points. But he would have a lot of assists um, and be a defensive player too. So he's, he's picking up a lot of slack. Um, what, what do you see, man? Yeah, I mean, here, here's the thing with Iowa. I mean, you could, I think... People uh, forget because he has played so well so early in his career that he is a rookie. So you're going to have those those off games. And uh, don't forget, this is a guy that was essentially a first-round talent taken a second round. So the fact that the Bulls have him at all is a blessing, uh, considering the fact that we saw what Kobe White went through in his first couple seasons where he really didn't seem that confident in his in playing in the NBA, to be honest with you. I mean, he just did not look like it was it. And I, I was, I mean, I wasn't giving up on him, but I was kind of just getting that Lowry marketing vibe where I'm like, man, I, I expected a lot out of you and you just weren't, weren't uh, providing it. So the fact that we've seen Kobe White come back, like I said, a couple times already come back from uh, the COVID come back from injury and kind of do what he's been doing has been very impressive but like you said the fact that he doesn't have that pressure on him to have to be that starter since they got Lonzo Ball but now you see with the injuries that Ball's going through with that that knee you know we've seen Io step to the plate now the thing with Io is that you can tell and, and you can hear it on the broadcast Stacey King talks about all the time is the fact that Io has basically been paying attention to what DeMar DeRozan has been doing and working on his pull up game and he's been very impressive as far as the scoring so i'm not really concerned about like if he has a bad night an off night because every single player does that i t- the prime example of that is is vucevic you see him some nights come out on fire he he attacks the basket and sometimes he just he's tired and he wants to shoot threes all the time so I, you know it, it's it's uh it's interesting to see what they're gonna do the one good thing is that you're gonna see some of these younger guys some of these bench players get a little bit of a role or a little bit of a shot at, at, at being being able to play i wish they would stop playing matt thomas because that guy's a fucking bum I, i'm tired of seeing that guy out there i don't know who he thinks he is he's not brian brian scalabrini but he sucks man I, i'm ready to get rid of that guy matt thomas can go back to the d league the g league the f league he can go somewhere else they need to see who they can pick up off the waiver wire because it seems like everyone else that played in the last 10 years is coming back for a 10-day contract these days wow wow shots fired on matt thomas Hey man, the kid's got to play something, man. You got to play a little bit of minutes, man. Got to give these guys a rest. He, he can play checkers. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that Blazer game was a team effort that allowed them with seventy three points in the first half. The ball was wetter than water, bro. <laughs> I know you love that term. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. The wet water. Right. The Rosen Ao had ten and eleven assists respectively. So speaking of king of the fourth. DeRozan will be making his fifth NBA All-Star appearance. DeRozan ended up with 5,243,775 votes. Thanks thanks to the interns for the uh, information. Uh, we got no damn interns. Zach made the team, but he'll be a reserve. He will not be in a starting lineup. Uh, so shout-outs to DeRozan for making it up there. He was, I think I have it up here. Give me one. I have it right here. Uh, Bro. Yeah. I mean, look, D-Row came over from the Spurs 
where he wasn't expected to do that much. People, I, I promise you, people in the NBA forgot about DeRozan. The fact that that oh, this yeah. was the worst oh, yeah. signing in the offseason. I can't believe they did this. And but look, man, he has found a resurgence with the Chicago Bulls. He found Zach Levine a running mate. I mean, this guy right here. Like I said, you think about the veteran presence that he brought to the team and the influence we've already seen on on Io. I mean, it's it is very very impressive considering the fact that he basically took over the team. I think Zach Levine was like it's my team now and then he brought a couple other all-stars over to the crew when you talk about Lonzo Ball you talk about DeMar DeRozan and uh hey look I, I gotta give it to Acme for, for pulling him out because I'll tell you what we also saw a report this week that he was willing to take less money to go play with LeBron right. yeah you're right he was willing to take less money to go play with the Lakers and he came here instead and he like I said he's had a resurgence in his career and I promise you he would not have seen that you would not have seen what the effort and and this just the the vitality you've seen out of him and 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 the way that he's been killing in the fourth quarter there is no way in hell you would have seen that if he joined the lakers not at all i, I think the lakers would have killed his spirit i think they would have killed his, his ability to do stuff because everyone on the lakers is our, our ball hogs if you look at the lakers you got Carmelo anthony you got lebron james you got russell westbrook you got every ball hog dwight howard every ball hard possible from the last uh, that played 20 years ago is on that team that's the geriatric lakers Anyways, hey, and the prime, yeah. the prime example of that is look what's going on with Westbrook right now. Oh, he's horrible. Look at what happened with, with Russell Westbrook right now. I mean, he is completely out of sorts. He has the, he doesn't know what to do without the ball. He doesn't know what to do without the ball. He's never played. So he's the lost ball. out there. I mean, they're talking about him benching him in the fourth quarter and all this shit. He, you're talking about like one of the great scorers in the NBA right now, you know. And it's it's it sucks. That it's just that's what happens when you start loading up on these teams and you just sit there. There's no room for you. There's only one ball, guys. Yeah, uh, Demar Derozan uh, placed number one in fan rank, number one in media rank, and weighted scores. He was top uh, fan getter and weighted at number one. Uh, right behind him was Trey Young with 2,771,000 uh, fan votes. He was ranked twi- uh, two by the fans and two by the media. And Zach Levine just missed the cut with 2,500,002. Mil- uh, um, so he was ranked number three. So he was just outside of being the second starter. Yeah, but think think about this. The fact that you said that uh, uh, Trey Young came in number two with 2 million plus votes and DeMar DeRozan had five point two million votes i mean that that should tell you all you need when like i said the worst signing in the offseason that's right that's why he's the king of the fourth all right ladies and gentlemen the the bulls will be playing the magic the raptors and the pacers that's orlando toronto and indiana so in case you didn't know that's right two for two there all right indiana (laughs) indiana all right fans let's take a pause for the cause and we'll be right back with our new segment the bottom line after a quick word from our sponsors this is chicago doors open on the left at chicago Hey, true Chicago sports fans, show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TrueFan15. TrueFan15. 
soon for 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15% off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is the bottom line. And that's the bottom line. In this segment, we discuss the biggest Chicago sports topic of the week. And this week, it absolutely has to be the change of the top with the Chicago Bears. Man, what a week for the Bears. On Black Monday, the Bears fired two guys named Ryan and Matt. Well, this past week, the the Bears hired two guys named Ryan and Matt. It was announced this week that the Bears found their new GM, once again dipping into the Kansas City Chiefs organization and plucking their executive director of player personnel, Ryan Poles. This is Poles' second stint with the Bears as the former offensive lineman was on the practice squad in 2008. Hopefully, this means he's going to put a lot of focus on protecting Justin Fields and shoring up that offensive line. Uh, Look, I'm really interested in the development of Justin Fields, but I'm also interested in what they're going to do with Tevin Jenkins. We saw a little bit of flashes. We know that he was supposed to be a first-round talent that they got a lot later. And uh, this guy being a former offensive lineman, Hopefully, you know, looking at what he what they did in Kansas City, because he was there when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, hopefully that means he's going to put a big emphasis on that line. Poles is a young GM. And while he comes from another organization, he was a bear at one point, And now he's an off. He, he was offensive lineman as well. So usually what the position is you play is a position you focus on. Um, so I can see that happening. Um, Jenkins is a is a, a, a all star talent that was injured. And guess what? A rookie all-star and uh, uh he needs that tutelage and he needs he needs that support so to get back to what we expect it to be another note is that we have a black gm along with a black quarterback so the times and perceptions are changing at hellas hall e yeah i mean dude like you 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 we for years and years and years we heard the narrative that they won't get a black quarterback when they actually had one of the first black quarterbacks, Vince Evans, back in the day, and you had Henry Burris and you had uh, Cordell Stewart at one point. Now, don't get me wrong; it's not like these were superstars, but the Bears did have a couple of black quarterbacks. Now, in the recent years, when you saw like the recent, when you saw Warren Moon being one of the, the earliest ones, and then as you went down the line, Mike Vick and Donovan McNabb and Vince Young and things like that. So, I mean, like. I think I'm hoping that the perception of what the Bears are doing and I and and here's the here's the real careful thing that we got to think about because it could be a double-edged sword don't forget you had on this committee when they're looking for a general manager you had Bill Polian uh you you had you, you also had two young younger African Americans with Sue Campbell and the young lady whose name I cannot recall at the second but I mean a lot of people are saying, "Well, is this just a diversity hire, and so on and so forth?" Because the the guy that that they uh, they another guy that they they interviewed was uh, um, Quazy from uh, um, the Browns, and he ended up being the GM of the Vikings. And they're like, "Oh, this is just a minority hire. This is get the Rooney Rule." And he, shut the fuck up. Look, if they're the best man for the job, that's who's getting the job. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just who is what color they are and things like that. It's the fact that if this is who who is going to do the best for the job right now, that's who it is. So I want to I want everyone to erase that bullshit from their brain and just look. Hey, 
look at the organization that this kid came from. Look at, at the success that the organization uh, organization has had. Now, like I mentioned, they did dip into the Kansas City pool before, and that didn't work out with them with Matt Nagy. One of the, like I said, the, the thing that's kind of weird to me is that we didn't hear anything from, from any team talking about Eric Bieniemy at all. Yeah, that's a little odd. And I thought that for sure you might hear polls being connected to the enemy at some point, trying to think about bringing him over. He didn't even he didn't even meet with him, you know, so. Yeah, it's weird. So when uh, polls agreed to become the new gym, his one condition was that he was he had total control over the coaching search. This is according to NBC Sports Chicago's David Kaplan. So polls yeah, had very the yeah the cat man. Polls had very various titles in multiple departments with the Chiefs, namely in scouting and player personnel. While it is difficult to truly grade how he did in those areas, the Chiefs' track record shows that polls knew how to find and retain talent on the field. So he knows what he's doing, people. He knows what that's, he's doing. That's what it sounds like. I mean, look, and and he. He was one of the first GMs to get hired. You know what I mean? We we had him. You got the guy that got the job in, in with the Giants that the Bears were looking at, and and you got the kid up in in uh, in Minnesota. But look, polls. He did not waste any time in hiring the next Bears head coach, bringing in former Colts defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus. And of course, because it wasn't Brian Dable or Brian Flores or Jim Harbaugh or anyone else that any other Bears fan wanted. Fans absolutely lost their mind because Bears are some of the the Bears fans are some of the most cynical fans in football. It drives me nuts. No one gets a chance. Everyone's garbage. Blah blah blah. Shut the fuck up. Look, this is one thing I, I will say. There was a short list of of coaches that the Bears were supposed to be looking at, right? Ibrufus was one, and another one was Dan Quinn. Now, one thing I would like to note is that Poles was college roommates with Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan while they played together at Boston College. So he does have an inside track uh, when it comes to Dan Quinn, who is now the Cowboys' defensive coordinator, and he was the head coach of the Falcons when they made the Super Bowl run a couple years ago when he was twenty-three. And yep. everyone knows what the fuck happened because that pissed me off because I was cruising, I was happy, I was drinking beer and playing ping pong and uh, beer pong or whatever we were playing, and uh, and that shit happened. So but anyway, um, the interesting thing is that Quinn ended up staying with Dallas and he signed an extension to stay there. And and Jerry Jones came out and says, "Well, I don't think there was ever really a competition." But shut the fuck up, Jerry Jones. You're 115 years old. Your team, you, you, you we see every couple of years you do what the Bears do. You have a little playoff run and then you don't do shit. So I, I don't know what the hell that's about, but I think it's interesting that you know you saw Matt Ryan probably talk to his boy Ryan Poles. And says, "Hey, this is what Dan Quinn is. This is what he isn't." And it, I, I found that to be an interesting uh, angle. Yeah, he he, like you said, he has that inside track and to be able to talk to Matt Ryan. Maybe that might be the best coach for you for your first GM, for your first GM uh, position. You may not want to start with someone who lost a Super Bowl lead like that. Who? But I mean, I mean, it's Super Bowl here, there, and there. Yeah, but I, I don't think he had a great track record in Atlanta. I don't think they did well. I mean, he, look, he, that that's why they had the players down there at Atlanta. You had oh, Julio yeah. Jones, you had Matt Ryan. You know what I mean? You had a good you had a good team down there. It's just that they just couldn't get that job done, and that's always going to stick for him. And he, eventually, he got fired from that job. You know what I mean? Right. But obviously, he's a very well regarded coach uh, in the NFL because I mean the the the. the the Cowboys gave him like a, a contract up to like 2025 or 2026. So they obviously want him there. And that's one of the things I talked about before. The the fact that uh, the Bills 
just lost Brian Dable because he's going to take over that that Giants job. Yeah, continuity matters. It continuity does. makes a big difference. And the shitty thing is, is that sometimes when you're good, you lose your coaches, your coordinators, and uh, yeah, man. So look, man, uh, what do you think? We talked both about Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus. What do you think about the new Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus? Uh, Eberflus spent the past four seasons with the Colts defense coordinator on the Frank Reich. His defense. Excuse me. His defense is in the top 10 in scoring three times, including being tied for ninth in 2021 with 21 and a half points per game. What I wanted Brian Dable, and I think many people did as well, even who has his work cut out for him with a defense, uh, with a defensive side that is aging. Look, I mean, you, you look aging, yeah, but they're going to lose a lot of contracts off of this roster right here. That's the big thing is that you got a new GM that he's going to be able to cut and make moves as he wishes because as we know, you know, we, we always worried about what was going on with uh, um, with Ryan Pace. What are, what are these contracts he's signing? Well, a lot of them are, are getting ready to expire. So, you know, we look at some of the young stars that they have. You know, you talk about Roquan Smith, and I think what's going to happen is that they're going to end up switching back from a 3-4 back to a 4-3, which which we knew they were they were all about before with Lovey Smith and the Tampa, mm-hmm. Tampa the, the Tampa 2 and all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop into that and you know see what Eberflus brings because that's what they ran in Indy and I, I'll tell you what man look so far I've been pretty impressed with what bro, uh, with polls has brought to the table I mean one of the most significant moves that he made uh, was hiring the first assistant GM in Bears history bringing over Ian Cunningham from the Eagles uh, he's been with uh, Philly since 2017 and most recently as the co player personnel director what what do you think about them finally bringing in an assistant gm well it's a great move towards the 21 21st century but my question is does he have any relation to randall cunningham no oh okay nope Mm-mm. Look at me with the NFL reference. Cunningham has 14 years of NFL experience where he climbed the ranks from an aerial scout to director of player personnel. Most recently, he spent the last five seasons with the Eagles getting his start as a director of college scouting in 2017 and 2018. I mean, this is a great way to groom somebody to take over and to move forward. Or if he gets moved up, he's got the kind of like the same uh, background that that Poles has. Where he's started from the bottom and worked his butt all the way through the organization, all the way towards the top, or maybe there's a glass ceiling he can't get past to the top because the GM's not leaving, and he's going somewhere else. The Bears are finally going to the 21st century with, again, a black quarterback, a black GM, and now we have an assistant GM. Oh my God, we might be on the cusp of actually being a organization that can be respected. Yeah, I, look. Uh- you're not wrong. Moving to the 21st century, we're seeing, I, I I think that you and I can agree that what we hope out of this new regime, Ryan Poles, the young guy, he's only 36 or 37 years old. I mean, we hope that we're getting what we got with the Chicago Bulls when they brought in Acme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your boy, Art Carney and Mark Eversley. I think that's what we're thinking right now and what we're hoping right now, because you have your, 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 your director, you have your assistant. We're kind of what, Hey, 
he owned Jet did it with the Cubs. You know what I mean? So I think that's kind of what we're hoping is happening right now. The fact that Ryan Poles, like I said, he only had a couple of coaches to kind of pick from because you, you look at Bill Polian. Bill Polian was actually pushing for Eberflus and um, Rocco Brown pairing both from the Colts. That's what he wanted. Right. So we kind of sounded like that uh, uh, they went a different way. And then Poles kind of went his own way too so there was a couple there was a couple of uh coaches that were pushing for dan quinn there was a couple of coaches pushing for someone else and they went with the guy he went with the guy that, that he believes in you know it, it, it the good thing to me is that it wasn't a forced marriage with your gm and he was forced to only pick one guy or this is the coach that you're going to use and i think it was a little confusing for bears fans considering the fact that this committee that was supposed to be picking the gm was out there uh interviewing head coaches but i it almost feels like they were trying to give him a menu hey this is this is what we're looking at these are the guys that line up with our principles and uh that's the kind of direction that we want this team to go so i'm wondering if that's a little weird there but i mean look you know uh i i I'm really hoping that this guy with a weird name, Iverflus, uh, is is what they're looking for. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I, I think I think the biggest thing is I think fans have, have had a lot of fun with his name uh, because it is a weird. I never I, have you ever heard of this guy before uh, before this hiring? No, not until you put it in the outline and we did the coaches search, and I was like, how do we say this name, sir? Cause I'm gonna jack that shit up. Now that I've heard it, I can say Eberflus all day and night. So I'm still gonna mess it up when I'm after a, a couple of silver bullets. So um. yeah, I mean, look, look, Eberflus is he's been making some waves on his own. I mean, the fact that he's a defensive coach, it's really important that his offensive coordinator brings some firepower. Nice. So what do they do? The Bears look north and they snagged Aaron Rodgers, position coach, to try to make Justin Fields uh, bring him to the next level. You know. So he hired Packers quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Luke Getze to be his offensive coordinator. Uh, Getze is another young guy. He's only going to be 38 next month. And he worked under Packers head coach Matt LaFleur and offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who earlier this week was named to the Broncos head coaching job. Uh, Getze is so well regarded, though, that the Broncos interviewed him for their head coaching uh, job as well. Wow. The only thing is that Getsy, he's never played, uh, never called plays in the NFL, which sounds kind of like someone else that they just got rid of because um, LaFleur was the one that was calling plays up in Green Bay. I, I, I think here the, the key is not only bringing in a guy who worked with one of the greatest quarterbacks uh, in the league right now, but also <laughs> taking him away from the stupid ass Packers. And now they're left scrambling since losing Getsy as our, uh, and as well as our offensive coordinator, uh, Hackett. And, uh, you know, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and now his two offensive like captain and co-captain are gone. So, I mean, you know, this could be an interesting time. I mean, what do you think about them snagging this guy away from the Packers? I mean, I mean, I'm never in favor of cheese heads in general, but let, let's be honest. This guy was a, uh, a play caller for uh, the Indiana uh football team uh from 2011 to 2013 so he's actually had experience being an offensive coordinator it's just not at the nfl level so mm. the fact that he worked with Favre and and that level of talent he can bring a lot of knowledge and a lot of uh nfl secrets and bring them down to a rookie or a second or a sophomore uh, player in justin fields i don't know what the relationship between him and aaron Rodgers were i don't really care 
my fact is that if he's a good coach and they they had him up there for a reason, uh, and then him, for him to get interviewed by the Broncos as a candidate, that that's that's two steps ahead of his of what he should be. So um, that's a great sign that that, that shows you that he's a, a up and coming coach. Um, he, I think he, he, I think he noted. He, I think his last press conference, he was talking about footwork and something like that. So he, he's a he's a guy that pays attention to detail. So it's a good hire. Um, again, we 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 talked about if we got a defensive coach, who was going to be the offensive coordinator, and if, if it's an offensive coordinator, we need somebody who has an opponent offense, somebody can change the offense that we've been seeing, get us out of the '80s where we're scoring 13 points a game, and move us into the new generation of football where we're scoring 40 points a game. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is too is that. Like I said, it was really important to see who they were going to bring over as the offensive coordinator, who's going to fill that role. But it's also addition by subtraction because you're bringing him over and taking him away from the Packers. And they also talked to Pep Hamilton, not only for the offensive coordinator role, but to possibly bring him over as a passing game coordinator. But he's going to end up staying with the Texans. So I'm wondering how they're going to finish filling out that that roster there because we're already seeing like John Filippo's out the door. Unfortunately, Sean Desai, who really didn't get a fair shot with only one season, yeah. he's out the door more than likely. Um, and and he'll. I, I, I saw reports that there's a possibility that uh, uh, the Seahawks are sniffing around for him. So I'm hoping he gets another gig because he finally got his shot after being with the Bears since the Trustman era. So it's kind of it's kind of sucks for Sean Desai. But, uh, you know, the interesting thing is that uh, we saw today, uh, according to NFL Network's Tom Pelissero, the Bears are targeting the Colts safeties coach Alan Williams to fill that defensive coordinator role. Uh, he has 20 plus years of NFL coaching experience where he served primarily as the D-backs coach. Uh, he coached D-backs from uh, in Indy from uh, 2002 to 11 and Detroit from 14 to 17 and then back again with the Colts uh, from 2018 till now. He does have prior defensive coordinator experiencing uh, experience because he was the uh, DC in Minnesota in 2012 and 13. Um, Iberflus is also expected to bring some of his Colts assistants with him to Chicago in linebackers coach Dave Borgonzi and cornerbacks coach James Rowe. Uh, Borgonzi has been instrumental in the success of Colts linebacker Darius Leonard, who established himself as one of the best linebackers in the NFL. The Bears also happen to have a top linebacker on their roster with Roquan, and he would benefit greatly from the influence of both Iberflus and Borgonzi. Uh, the Bears also interviewed Giants assistants Tomic Magahi for special teams coordinator. Uh, Iberflus was reported to be also zeroing in on Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia uh, for the special teams coordinator. And he was the one that took over for John Gruden after he resigned from that role. After it was revealed that he's, a foul, he's as foul as, as his face looks with some of the comments that he made in an email during his time with uh, Monday, uh, uh, ESPN when he was on Monday Night Football. So, uh, look. I will say this is that when we look at Bistaccia, he actually did a really, really good job of pulling uh, the 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 wheel up on the plane that was crashing hard in the Raiders and brought them very close to making a uh, uh, NFL playoff. And uh, very interesting to see that they're going to be able to snag him away because I don't think the I think the Raiders just announced that uh, who did they take? They took they took uh, Josh McDaniels. Josh He's McDaniels. actually taking that Raiders job. So obviously, you know, old Richie boy didn't get that job. So with McDaniels coming in and, and leaving the Patriots, then they're going to have to build a new staff there. So the, to me, 
it's a good and a bad thing to get a guy like this for your special teams. They're also talking about bringing back Rod Marinelli. We heard some rumblings about Lovey Smith, which is just, uh, you can't bring back Lovey Smith, who was a head coach here for nine years. That's kind of bullshit. No. I, that's kind of disrespectful to yeah. be honest with you. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it, it looks like, you know, they're targeting guys and that's, a lot of people are asking why the Bears hired a head coach so quickly. This is why. Because you can sit there and you can pick and choose who you want to be on your staff. Yeah, definitely. It, it is. It's all about being quick and, and precise when it comes to getting a coach. We got our GM. We got our coach. Now we're filling our staff in. And Rich Bisaccia? I'm sure we'll go with that. Um, you've seen the troops rally for him. They rallied for... They were uh, almost in... You know, they... They were a couple uh, minutes away from being in the playoffs. If they would have just kneeled the damn ball, um, they would have been in the game. All they had to do was kneel the damn ball. And guess what? Pittsburgh's out. Sorry, Eddie. But they would have been in. And guess what? The trajectory could have changed. But no, they wanted to win the game. Well, there you go. That's what happens. But I think he would be a great addition to the coaching staff, especially because he has now he has had coaching uh, experience. Um, he ha- his players rally around him, so you know that the players love him. Um, I think it'll be a great addition. I think it'll pull everything together. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and the the thing is, is that you know when you are really trying to build up your offense, it is and and your defense, like you said, the defense is aging. They're going to have to figure out how to fill a couple of these holes that they're going to have. The secondary is something that they're de- definitely going to have to work on. Hopefully, that bringing over. You know the 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 D-backs coach over from Indy to be your defensive coordinator. I'm hoping that he can help uh, Eddie Jackson kind of return to form because I don't know if if Ejax was just bored out there. He just knew that they weren't going to win, so he wasn't trying as hard. We saw him hit you know hit hard a couple of times, but I, I'll say the thing about Ejax is that a lot of the fans are complaining about him because they expect a lot more out of him at this point in his career considering what he did early on in his career and after he got paid he kind of fell off but i think what happened is is that he i think he puts a lot of pressure on himself and i feel like he over pursues a lot and that causes him to not be in place when it is time to go ahead and make that tackle and he's he, and he's he doesn't wrap up i mean that's the other thing is that he loves the oh, shoulder God. tackle he likes to try to hit with the with the shoulder and it doesn't really do any do him any good so i'm hoping that bringing over Williams that they'll have a chance to go ahead and, and kind of revive his career. And you can start there. You, you still have Khalil Mack, you have Roquan Smith. I mean, you have players on this defensive roster that are, are all stars and that deserve to be paid. And I'm hoping that this new defensive coordinator that they're going to be bringing in can kind of help boost them. Going back to a 4-3 uh, is going to be interesting too. We'll probably see uh, Roquan turn into a, uh, a middle linebacker now. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Khalil Mack because he's playing one of those line, linebacker positions now. And, and to see what they're going to do with like Eddie Goldman and Hicks. I think Hicks is gone unless for some reason this new regime can convince him but i mean for what he plays i don't think he would be uh he he wouldn't i don't know if he fits a, a four three you know so that's the thing with him and uh but yeah i mean i think they've done a very good job i'm very optimistic on the moves that they made right now and i'm hopeful that this version of ryan and matt can get the bears going in the right directions uh, one of the biggest keys for me right now, I talked about a little bit before, Aaron Rodgers has been non-committal regarding return to Green Bay. You know, he came out and says that no matter where he goes, he wants his wide receivers to come with him. So both Devontae Adams and Marquez Valdez-Scantling are both set to be free agents. And with the former Bear, uh, former Packers OC taking over in Denver, one of the most interesting scenarios in the NFL 
is whether Rogers is going to re, uh, return. He could possibly follow Hackett over to Denver and bring his receivers with him. And then guess what? No more fucking Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. No more Rodgers. We're free. We're done. You don't have to worry about this guy anymore. At least, you know, not, not two times a year. And if that happens, if the Bears can take advantage of Rodgers leaving, they may be able to find their way back to the NFC uh, top of the NFC North. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's possible, baby. I'm put. I'm all in. Let's go. Let's go, Bears. You brought back. Look, you got a rookie quarterback. You got a couple of strong defensive players. You got a brand new coach. You got a brand new GM. You got an assistant GM. You brought over over all these guys. You're you're assembling the Avengers. So let's go, baby. And that's the bottom line. All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded Hacia's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech and click on careers. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Oh, yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh Uh-oh. You know what time it is. Oh, boy. It's time for stirring a pot. All right, brother, what do you got for us this week? Oh, man, this has been a big, big week in the NFL with all these crazy-ass playoff games. Uh, Congrats to the Rams and the Bengals for making it to the Super Bowl. Next week, we'll do a breakdown and uh, give our prediction of who's going to win, and uh, we'll probably argue about that, too. But this week, we saw two multiple-time Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks announce their retirement. Pittsburgh's Steelers longtime quarterback Ben Roethlisberger announced his retirement this week. He leaves the game with a 168, 81, and 1 record, and he finished with a total of 64,000 yards, 418 touchdowns, and 211 interceptions. He went 2-1 and one in the Super Bowl, beating Seattle in Super Bowl 40 and Arizona in Super Bowl 43, and losing to the stupid-ass Green Bay Packers in Super Bowl 45. Now, the funniest thing about his retirement was him being completely trolled by a Cleveland newspaper. Despite having a sparkling record of 26-3-1 against the Browns, the headline from, 
The headline read, Longtime Steelers QB, winless versus Browns in the playoffs, retires. That was written, uh, that was written by Dan Labby of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, who trolled Roethlisberger for the one time he faced the Browns in the playoffs. The 2020 playoff victory by Cleveland looks at, looked at his, at the time as if it could be the final nail in Big Ben's professional coffin, but he came back for one more season. Z, before we get to the uh, stir in the pot real quick, uh, what are your thoughts about Big Ben and his retirement? Uh, Big Ben was actually one of my favorite quarterbacks. He's just one t- one tough big bastard. I mean, you couldn't drag that dude down. I mean, he was slow, but yet elusive. And uh, it was fun to watch him on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know that's your favorite second team, but I definitely enjoyed watching the Steelers play because, because they had the continuity of a great coach, and then they would turn over receivers and, and running backs. And from Jerome Bettis to, to uh, uh, Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward, and then the, uh, uh, the shampoo guy. With the hair, oh, it, Troy, Troy Palomaro, right? Brown. Yeah, you had, yeah. Uh, oh man, you had so many, uh, so many good players that he played yeah. with. I mean, it, it, you know, and and you know what? The, the thing with with Big Ben, um, and not to get too deep into it, but I mean, like, I I would call him shifty, you know, because he was funny because he almost shuffled. You see, like his top back, his top half and his bottom half not agree with each other, yeah. and his top half is trying to do one thing. His feet are like, oh shit, I gotta get out of the way. Oh no! And then mm-hmm. finally, like he somehow would muscle the ball with these fucking duck throws up there and, and make it. I mean, he w- he was pretty dope for in his own right for just being this big. Like you said, this is like a 1940s, 1950s style quarterback, just this big old bastard. Uh, you know, very similar in size to Josh Allen today, but you know, Josh Allen is way more elusive and way quicker than him. And I mean, like, look. We all know that Big Ben had his own vices. There was those things that that happened with him and a woman in a bathroom and accusations this and th- and that. And don't forget, he also had that really, really bad motorcycle uh, crash yep. where his face got all mushed up and he ran into a car. So, I mean, like, look, ben, Big Ben is not without his own faults. But, I mean, for what he was able to accomplish in, in his NFL career, I mean, I, I want to say he played at, like, Miami of Ohio. No one heard of this guy. They had to put on two jerseys on him this first game to fit all those fucking letters in his last name. So, I I mean, like, look, Big Ben, uh, uh, perfect, perfect guy for a team like the Steelers. Hard nose, grit, determination, and just stuck it out. And he played for a long fucking time. And, and I, I, I look, whether you like the Steelers or not, whether you like Ben or not, you you can't overlook his accomplishments. Definitely not. He was a good quarterback. I think that uh, he'll he'll make it a Hall of Fame. I don't think it'll be first ballot. I think he'll be second ballot. Well, I'm gonna tell you. You know what's gonna hurt him. What's going to hurt him was the second retirement that was announced this week. Multiple sources close to Tom Brady told the NFL Network uh, insider Ian Rappaport that the Buccaneers and former Patriots quarterback is planning to retire after 22 seasons in the NFL. ESPN was the first to report the news, but there was a little bit of pushback, and we're still waiting for old Tommy himself to make the announcement. And there was some back and forth between Brady's agent, who basically said that Tom will be the only one to truly make the announcement. But Ian Rappaport later said that Brady did not yet inform the Bucks of his plans, as well as Tom Brady Sr. coming out and saying his son hadn't made a final decision. Rappaport later explained on NFL Network the current situation regarding Brady's future and the timing of Saturday's news. My understanding confirming the initial report is that Tom Brady does plan to retire, Rappaport said. I've talked to several people close to him and they believe that he's played his last down of football. This sounds to me taking all this together to be an issue of timing more than anything. Brady is very in charge and in control of his brand, and he generally has fantastically well-produced announcements. 
Rappaport added, Brady's on vacation and far away from what I can tell. The fact that this got out now has no doubt frustrated him to no end. Again, this is someone who is extremely in charge of his brand in everything that is produced, everything around him, and everything social media puts out. They do a great job, but this is very un-Brady-like. The fact that the Buccaneers have not yet informed him, uh, not yet informed for sure that he's walking away is probably not a good look. I think Brady handles everything first class. I'm sure that he's steaming that this got out. However, I do believe that this is true and he is in fact going to retire. So Z, what do you think about this? I think it's weird that, that he's not the one giving the announcement and it kind of leaked out. Yeah, it's very weird. Like you said, he's a type A personality. He wants to control everything. So he wants to control the narrative. So it's weird that he's not either confirming or denying. And everyone else around him is making all the speculation. So for me, if it doesn't come out of, uh, you know, TB12, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking it, you know, as uh, gospel. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I think it's a little odd. And, uh, you know, this, we took the long way to get here to get to our during the pot, but yes, I did, did definitely want to talk about these two, uh, like I said, multiple time NFL quarterbacks, multiple time uh, Super Bowl winners. So Z, today's question is about Tommy Brady. Do you believe he is the best NFL player of all time? It really depends on what you categorize the NFL player of all time is. You know, is he the most talented? Not really. Does he have the, uh, the, the Super Bowls? Yeah, he does. Did he? He was Mr. Ir- Irrelevant and he brought himself from nothing to where he is now. Yeah. So uh, is he the greatest quarterback? I'm going to say yes. Is he the greatest NFL player of all time? No, not at all. All right, so this is where I tell you why you're wrong. Oh, boy. Here we go. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, who I don't even like. I mean, like, here's the thing. I respect him more now than the fact that he continued to play after the age of 44. The fact that he won three Super Bowls early in his career, played and played and played and watched Peyton Manning and Drew Brees and everyone else get their Super Bowls and had his knee absolutely fucking destroyed. And after that, towards the end of his 22-year career, won four more Super Bowls and the last one with a different team made of the fucking land of misfit toys down there in Tampa with all those players that got cast off from motherfucking teams. So guess what? He's absolutely the best fucking uh, player, NFL player of all time. He has seven Super Bowls. There is no team in NFL history that has more Super Bowls as a team, as a franchise as Tom Brady. Tom Brady has more Super Bowls than any other franchise in NFL in history. Period. That's it. Two different teams. So you want to talk he, about he a cheater. this year. You want to talk he about the cheater. Huh? The cheating. What about the cheating part? The deflating the deflating of his balls so okay. that he can have a better grip on his balls. Hey, guess what? He ser- he served his suspension, right? Just to, hey, if we if we got to tell Michael Vick, Michael Vick served his, his his time. He came back to the NFL. He's been on NFL Network. He had a little bit of consultation with a couple teams and a couple players. He did his time. That's what it was. 
Spygate, you could talk about Spygate. That was, mm-hmm. was a Bill Belichick thing because he's yeah. a fucking weirdo. Uh, but the Flategate, yeah, I mean, like, look, there, there was definitely something going on. But we know that Tom Brady is very in charge of his brand, like you know, Ian Rapport keeps talking about. So I don't believe there's a chance in hell that he didn't know about that, that he didn't plan it. It is what it is. I mean, like, we're not talking about you know him putting steroid in the ball. I mean, he just made it a little bit less deflated so he get a better grip. It's what it is. It's it's whatever. But it, with that being said, I mean, he still won so many super bowls yes. and and the ones that that he lost the ones that he lost were against what the giants to the man giants yeah i mean come on i mean like you lost to the giants how the hell does eli manning have two super bowls i mean at the very least giants fans said that they can they they rule over uh over uh, uh brady so at least he got that yeah I mean, it, took look, a, it took a couple you, you're, miracles you're, you're yeah i mean and you're look you're absolutely wrong he oh came boy. back like no. we talked about we we talked about uh 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 Dan Quinn losing that Super Bowl. Okay, they came back from 20 to 3 to win the Super Bowl. There's no denying that Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. And and it's annoying to me because I fucking never liked the guy. And it also it's also annoying to me that he got that extra one in Tampa because now he has more fucking championships than than Michael Jordan. But it's whatever, man. Like he's the best of all time. That's just what it is. There's no, really no arguing in unless you just want to sit there and, and, and hear yourself be wrong. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Before we go, what you looking at? What are you watching that isn't sports? Oh, man. Like I said, it was a busy week, but I got to watch a couple of things. Uh, and I know it's kind of sports, but this year's Royal Rumble was fucking phenomenal and you know what it's been a long time since it's been like that i enjoyed the female rumble as much or even more than the men's because of all the surprise entries all the females that used to be in wwe that came back for that one-off uh we had mickey james who's actually wrestling for impact wrestling came out with the impact wrestling belt on and they even noted that she's the impact wrestling champion you had uh, Melina. You've had uh, Summer Ray. You had a bunch of chicks that came out from back in the day. So that was fun to see. And then the men's rumble was great. Uh, surprise entry by uh, Mr. Bad Bunny. And Bad Bunny. Uh, Acapurria. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then Brock Lesnar comes out in the Royal Rumble as well. Gives him a, 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 a heave-ho with an F5. Um I mean that rumble was phenomenal. The matches, uh, other matches were good. I felt bad for the, um, I forgot what match it was, but it was right after the women's rumble. After after a rumble, they should just put the other rumble right after because there's such a letdown from the 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 excitement and the the mm-hmm. emotional roller coaster of a rumble that you have another like I think they had a title match or something, and and the crowd is just exhausted. And so you couldn't hear the crowd, and and it, it was a good match. I think it was Becky Lynch, and, and I felt bad because it was such a good match. But it, the crowd reaction was not there. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, look, you know, I'm I'm the cat that like watches wrestling three times a year, and I didn't even know that the the Rumble was on until someone on my Facebook timeline says, "Oh, the Royal Rumble's today. I will go. I'll find something else to do." And I was like, "Oh shit!" So I I turned on the Peacock app, and I was like, "There it is." And uh, yeah, I mean. 
from look like i said i am not a wrestling guy like that at all i used to watch it back 25 years ago like all the time and play the games and all that shit. but i don't keep up with it i know the big names and uh look from the start from the start with with uh uh brock lesnar going out there with his title and and uh roman reigns go, uh, showing up and like it roman reigns had a good match oh, yeah. uh what did he play he fought seth rollins i think yep, yep. and uh you know and then uh was it uh, um What's his name? Brock Lesnar comes out and that whole shit with John Heyman and the belt and getting busted in the face and, and Roman Reigns coming out and busting him up in his own face. And John Heyman like, oh Paul, shit, follows fucking Roman Reigns like a puppy dog out the Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Paul Heyman. Tonight, the reigning, defending, undisputed I mean, look, it, 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 the, the way that Brock Lesnar lost, though, that was shady as shit. Uh, I didn't like that at all. But, you know, it's scripted. It's not scripted. You can't script fucking getting flipped in the air. I mean, that's, that's how people <laughs> die. You know, there's been a couple there's been a couple deaths in WWE, so you can't fake that. But, yeah, I mean, like that and fucking I'm sitting here watching, uh, uh, sitting on my sofa and my wife comes in and she's looking at me and I'm, hey, you, this match, this happened here and this thing. And she's like, you're a big fucking dork. You know, I was like, hey, man, I'll be a dork a couple times a year. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, like it was, it was interesting. It's one of those. It's like a soap opera for men. That's what that's what I always uh, refer to uh, a wrestling. But yeah, the Rumble, WrestleMania, you know, maybe SummerSlam, some of these bigger events. Those are the ones I pay attention to. So I was all about it, man. I was all over that Rumble. And uh, for like I said, for someone like me who is not into wrestling like that at all, it was uh, it was very enjoyable. Especially when Bob Bowley came out and uh, yeah, Lesnar. Hey, let me. I I don't care. I don't care about spoilers. I don't care about shit. How the fuck did you have both UFC fighters win the Rumbles? Yeah, that, that's exactly what yeah. happened. Both UFC, yeah, yeah. Ronda Rousey did win the Women's Royal Rumble, and Brock Lesnar came out and destroyed everybody. I mean, Dumbo's going to fucking beat Brock Lesnar in a fucking fair fight. Yeah. Come on, let's just be honest. A uh, couple notes. It's Paul Heyman, not John Heyman. Uh, John Heyman is the uh, reporter for ESPN. Paul Heyman's the yeah. advocate. <laughs> is the advocate for Brock Lesnar. <laughs> or he's actually the uh, uh, tribal chief now or uh, uh, the uh, the assistant for the tribal chief. But it was a great thing. I, um, you do only watch four of them, not three. You do watch four. You watch the Royal Rumble. You watch WrestleMania. You watch uh, Survivor Series and SummerSlam. Those are your four, you which is the main four from back in the day. Mm -hmm. So I can understand why you only watch those main four. And pretty much that's all you really have to watch if you watch wrestling. Mm -hmm. But all right. So putting wrestling to the side, I know Gig Giganto is going to get mad at us, but it is what it is. That's going to be I'm his. Sure we got all those names wrong. I did it. Uh, you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, another show that I have I, I, I've binge watched and I think it's only the first half I think there's an episode tonight I'll watch it later 1883 oh my god 1883 if you ever played uh, Oregon Trail think about that and it came to real life <laughs> that's shit. exactly what this show is it's Oregon fucking trail so uh, for those old heads right here who used to pop in the floppy disk, the, the mm -hmm. big old five-inch floppy disk into the... You said I, floppy, floppy disk, right? Disk with a S C. yes, not, uh, not, not CK. Um, okay. 
Yeah, you popped in that disc, and uh, and you waited for the for it to boot up, and then you had to type in and you know what you wanted the computer to do, and then you played Oregon Trail for like seven hours because you know you had nothing else to do as a kid. That exactly what is happening in 1883, and it is a prequel to Yellowstone because it it's part of the Dutton family, but. Um, it is one of those shows you're like, holy shit, that all this shit really happened, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, my favorite part of Oregon Trail was when you had to hunt for the meat. Yeah. And you got to sit there and, like, you shoot a buffalo and you're like, you could only take 100 pounds of meat with you. And I'm like, uh, where's the other 400 pounds of that buffalo meat? We're going to get hungry on the way. Uh, grandpa, get off the, the thing. And then Grandpa <laughs> came to help. And then next thing you know, Grandpa died of dysentery. So, hey, uh, <laughs> Oregon, <laughs> Oregon Trail was the shit, man. I might have to check that out. Let's see if anyone gets a uh, cholera or some shit. <laughs> yeah, man, it, it's wild. Uh, you have a all-star cast. Here's your, here's your cast. Uh, Faith Hill. Tim McGraw, Sam Elliott. Oh, 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 Sam Elliott. Yes. Mm. You know that mustache. That mustache, baby. That mustache. Mine is going over my lip right now, so I'm gonna have to let that go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Uh, While I've been working and doing uh, side projects at home, I I have curb your enthusiasm on as I'm doing stuff, and I, I catch myself standing in front of the TV and just laughing crying it is way funnier the second time around it is situations that everyone is in but larry david speaks up and then it just puts them in situations that you're like you fucking idiot and it's hilarious it's, it's like yeah it's like watching the real life george costanza that's exactly because oh, yeah. that's what that's what costanza's role was was after it was larry david who uh played george steinbrenner and a couple other roles in in uh in seinfeld so yeah, I mean, I can, you can't you you can't beat Curb. You can't, no. Larry, Larry. Oh. <laughs> you can't beat Jamie's movie. <laughs> He's hilarious. Larry, why you let that bitch do that to you? Exactly. You can't be letting bitch do that. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny to see episodes that I, I don't remember, and I'm like, oh, why did why the hell is he in New York? And then he's like, oh yeah, he told a lie. So then he had to and go to New to York for like a whole year. Yeah, he had to go to New York for three months, and then he told another lie. So he had to go to Paris for fucking six months. But it is what it is. Yeah. I, 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 I watch it back and forth. I, I, I've watched uh, like whole seasons. It was one of those shows where I kind of jumped in in the middle. But I, I started watching from, kind of from scratch, and you see the progression of the uh, the quality. It's kind of like watching yeah. Seinfeld. We watch those first couple episodes and the and the difference between like the last two seasons of Seinfeld where they did a lot more outside of the apartment. They had like when they're driving in a car and shit like that. So, but yeah, I mean, like you can you can't fuck with Curb, but uh, but you know what's I've been watching this weird show on, on oh Netflix. It's called All of Us Are Dead. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> it's like a comedy ominous, show. It's not ominous at all. But yeah, I mean, my, my daughter's been real heavy into the Korean uh, shows, like a lot of the animation, things like that. So uh, she actually insisted that we watch in subtitles with the Korean speech. And fuck that. We're not doing that. I'm watching, I, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I, I, it, look, I got to watch subtitles on a regular English speaking TV anyway, because I, I, I'm like, I think I'm losing my hearing. Everything's got to be super loud or I got to be able to read it to really comprehend. And that kind of started when I was watching Game of Thrones. And I was like, I have no idea what these people are saying. Yes. Uh, all I see is booty. Agreed. But hey. uh, but yeah, I mean, so this show, all of us are dead. It is a high. It's a high school ground becomes a, or high school becomes ground zero for a zombie virus outbreak. Trapped students must fight their way out or turn into one of the rabid infected. The way that these people turn into zombies and like glitchy and that 
cracks and all this shit. It is creep tell. But even creepier than that is how perfect these people's skin are. It almost looks like it's CG, CGI'd on top of real people. And I, I, I mentioned it to my daughter. I was like, why do these people all look like their skin is really freaking me out? It's like way too smooth. And she's like, uh, because their beauty standards are very high and they take care of their skin. And I was like, oh, fuck me then. I guess I'm just it's a piece of shit. So anyway, uh, yeah, creepy ass show, man. Uh, if you get a chance, I, I would. we've only watched one episode. It definitely has a lot of this uh, Korean uh, high school drama bullshit where it's <laughs> their reaction to each other. I don't know how it translates to English versus the way they're they're. We we expect people to react. We kind of made me laugh a couple of times, which I'm sure gave me a couple of dirty looks at the corner where I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, like, look, um, when when I, f I feel like when we were kids, you know, if you wanted to watch something, your parents were like, "Nope, it's my time to watch TV." Now that we're older, number one, there's a lot more options. Everyone has a TV in their room or a TV in every room, so you do watch a lot more things. But paying attention to something that my kiddo wants to watch, like we never got that as a kid. Yeah. I was like, no, you're not. We're not watching that bullshit. We're watching the news again. I'm like, <laughs> we watched the news yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I watched my guy with my pops. Yeah, but I mean, it was his show. It wasn't your show. No, you know it, I mean? it, like, it, yeah, you're right. It was his show, and that was his nickname in the neighborhood because he would fix everyone else's shit with like a fucking paper clip and a twig and rubber band. So, yeah, if you want your car to run, there you go. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's one of the models at my job. What would MacGyver do? Yeah, exactly. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. That is TRUEFAN15. Go and get your official shirts right now don't forget to check out our friends over at acsi.tech and click on their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry that is acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today and get your 2022 started off right Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast just released episode 25. Coach Mo and Justice talk about sports, movies, TV, all types of shit. Go and check them out. Super entertaining. Very, very uh, insight, uh, insightful relationship speak, uh, talk and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, you definitely want to check that out. And don't forget to check out the Shy Native Radio podcast now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out now. And do not sleep. Mike Logic's new album, As I Was Saying, is now available. Check out MikeLogic.Bandcamp.com to get your copy now. M-I-C-L-O-G-I-K.Bandcamp.com. Logic with the K is back. His brand new uh, music video for his single, So Low, is now available to watch on YouTube as well. So go and check him out. Shout out to Ronish, Panic, Serious Beats, and Custom Made for the beats we play on today's show. Check out paniconthebeat.com for all your Molemen merch and gear. And make sure you check out this absolute fire collab from Serious Beats and Custom Made. Their new beat tape, Treasured Paintings, is available now. Check out SeriousXBeats.com. SeriousXBeats.com. My favorite track 
is Burr versus Philly. It is fire. It's got this soul funk 70s vibe. I love listening to beats. Sometimes I love listening to beats. It's better than, than than rap, to be honest with you. So this is so dope to me. And go check that out right now. SeriousXBeats.com. Check it out for yourself. And don't forget to check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us. Hit the DMs. Tell us what you think about the show. You're stirring the pot ideas and your movie recommendations. We want to hear from you. Reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. Before we go this week, we celebrate the life of the original voice of Charlie Brown. Peter Robbins, who voiced Peanuts actor Charlie Brown, passed away at the age of 65 on January 25th. The cause was suicide, according to the San Diego County Medical Examiner. The actor previously previously spoken publicly about his battles with bipolar disorder and was released from prison in 2019 after serving four years for sending threatening letters to the manager of a mobile home park where he lived peter started voicing charlie brown in 1963 appearing in several peanuts cartoons his love for the character was so strong that he got a tattoo of charlie brown on his pooch where exactly on his body is his pooch <laughs> oh, oh my god i'm crying <laughs> all right take t- <laughs> His love for the character was so strong that he got a tattoo of Charlie Brown and his pooch Snoopy on his arm. (laughs) I'm sorry. Peter was also a child actor working professionally by the age of seven. He appeared in episodes of The Monsters as Elmer, but landed his iconic role as Charlie Brown when he was nine. Uh, look, man, I love, I love, love, love Charlie Brown. It's my favorite comic strip ever, the penis strip. And uh, the movies and the records are so great. And they really did a good job of capturing the F- essence of the old blockhead. And I just want to say that I appreciate Mr. Robbins for his time with the role. Uh, we always do want to mention that you, if you or someone you know is suicidal or having suicidal thoughts, Please reach out to a friend, a loved one, or reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. Mr. Robbins, thank you for what you did, and uh, rest in peace. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 83. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Good grief. A few moments later. His love for the character was so strong that he got a tattoo of Charlie Brown on his pooch. Whoa. Read that again, sir. Yes, sir. Where where exactly on his body is his pooch? (laughs) You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. That's all. Oh. I shouldn't have had those artichoke poppers.